What's up and welcome back to the Chris Gates Fitness Podcast. Thanks so much for joining me in today's episode and happy new year. Today is January 3rd, uh, which means we're a couple days into the new year and I'm back here with the second installment of our New Year's series. Uh, Last episode was about four tips to help you figure out how to lose fat and keep it off in 2024. Today, in this episode, we're going to talk about four tips to help you build muscle and make progress that lasts you and serves you well for a lifetime, Uh, but doing that here in 2024, building muscle. So I'm super excited to uh, dive into the content of this episode and, um, you know, to be completely honest with you, I uh, am off to a bad start with my, my New Year's fitness goals. You might be able to hear it a little bit on my voice. Uh, today, I am a little bit under the weather. Starting 2024, sick uh, has not allowed me to really get into that super motivated uh, frame of mind that we kind of all get into when the new year rolls around. Uh, And I know from a fitness perspective, you like to get into the gym and train hard and uh, I don't know, just capitalize on whatever it is that makes the beginning of the year so motivating. Um, I haven't been able to do that. January 1st, sat on my butt all day. January 2nd, uh, got some steps in. January 3rd here today, I'm hoping to be able to train a little bit but if I do, it'll be very light. Basically going to use this first week of the holiday season, uh, or excuse me, this first week after the holiday season uh, to try and just reacclimate my body to moving uh, because I've been sick enough that I haven't been able to do that lately. So anyway, I guess that's a, a reminder to you that like, hey, you don't have to be perfect to chase a New Year's resolution. Something is, something will go, will come up. Something is going to come up that probably uh, forces you to stop or you know maybe your consistency or your progress to get derailed a little bit but that doesn't mean that it has to be derailed entirely that doesn't mean you need to quit that doesn't mean that everything is over for you uh, it just means when something like that comes up you gotta formulate a new plan or make adjustments or tweaks to the existing plan uh, so that's what I'm doing over here and uh, yeah what this is the long game, right? We're playing the long game here. Uh, so always remember that, uh, you know, one little hiccup is just a small blip on the radar as long as you can figure out ways to get back into it uh, and get consistent again. So uh, hopefully that helps. But anyway, going to dive into four tips to help you build muscle in 2024. But real quick, before we do that, I mentioned today is January 3rd. Wednesday, January 3rd means right now, coaching applications are open. Right now, you have the ability to sign up for one-on-one online fitness coaching. I have a handful of spots available. I'm offering 50% off your first month of coaching as part of uh, opening up coaching applications. I'm running a sale here to start the new year. Uh, And if you followed along for any period of time, you know I do not do this often. I am you know, I I don't take on as many clients as possible. I don't even always have the ability to bring on new clients. I open up coaching applications just a few times a year uh, when I'm able to bring new people into my coaching program because I have a limited capacity. I can only work with so many people. Uh, I can only work with so many people because I have what I believe is to be the most personalized one-on-one 
online fitness coaching program that's out there. I really do believe that, 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 you know, I, I know a lot of other coaches and I know what a lot of other coaching programs look like. And I know that mine is far, far, far more personalized than what you're going to get from most coaches. Um, and so I like to give my clients all the time and effort that I possibly can, which means I can only work with a select number of people, which means I can only take on new clients every once in a while. This is going to last until January 10th. January 3rd to January 10th, you can sign up and apply for online fitness coaching. After January 10th, applications are going to close and there will not be an opportunity to sign up again until like early summer, probably at the earliest. We'll see, again, we're just going to have to kind of see how things go throughout the year. Um, so, the time is now. If you are looking for some help, if you have a New Year's resolution from a health and fitness perspective, if you have struggled to make progress in the past, uh, or if maybe you've made progress but have struggled to find ways to make it stick, now is a great opportunity to submit your application uh, and let's start to talk about what your goals are and what a program might look like for you. There is a link in the show notes to this episode that will take you over to my website to where you can apply uh, for coaching. Uh, When you submit your application, I will then follow up with you directly via email. We'll talk a bit more about what you're looking to do, what a program might look like for you, and just kind of dive into the details that way. So uh, make sure you get your application in and uh, I hope to hear from you. If you've been listening for a long time, you probably know what my program is about, but like in general, we're talking about sustainability here. I do not, this is not a rapid results program. I am not a rapid fat loss coach or a rapid muscle strength gain coach. What I am uh, and what my program looks like is helping you make progress now and at the same time learn how to maintain that progress long term and along the way, learn Have this be a quality educational experience so that you can learn about the fundamental building blocks of training and nutrition and lifestyle and how all these things come together so that the experience of you and I working together is something that lasts you and serves you well for a lifetime. That's what I want for every single person that I work with. And if you look at a lot of like the client success stories I have on my website, you'll see just that. A lot of people talking about how like now I have a plan. Now I know what to do. Now I know how to read and react to different situations that happen in my life. That's what I want. That's what I want for you. And so if you are looking for that type of experience, like I said, now's the time. January 3rd to January 10th, uh, coaching applications are open. You can apply. You can get 50% off your first month of coaching. And then after that, they close. So that's your your window of opportunity here is over the next week. Uh, So I hope to hear from you. And then otherwise... If you're not interested in coaching, that's okay because I'm still going to give you a ton of really good tips today, four good tips on how to build muscle in 2024, and let's just dive right in. And tip number one is going to be centered around your workouts. So let's let's address that first. Um, you know, there are so many different variables that matter when it comes to trying to build muscle. Um, and, you know, it, it's it, it, they're all very important, but... When we think about how building muscle happens, none of the other elements that we're going to talk about matter if you're not stimulating muscle growth, right? Like, it, let's just be honest about it. You can eat in a calorie surplus. You can eat enough protein. You can uh, have the best, uh, you know, workout program on paper. You can pick all the best exercises based on science, but like, you need to actually go into the gym and stimulate muscle growth. Uh, So without an adequate stimulus, 
it's you're not going to build muscle. You need to do something in the gym. You need to do something with strength training and lifting weights that causes your body to react in a way that says, wow, that was difficult. Like, let's say you you do, you know, heavy sets of bench press or really challenging chest workout. You, you want to do it to a point where it's stimulating enough that your brain says that was really difficult. And if you're going to do that same thing again, well, the body needs to be better prepared to do it. And so the brain signals to the body that, hey, we need to adapt. We need to make some adaptations. We need to build muscle so that this isn't so difficult in the future. And by continually doing that over and over and over again, that is how you build a considerable amount of muscle mass, okay? So you need to use adequate intensity when you lift weights. That's the the general point I'm trying to get to here um, is that you need to be lifting intensely. And what I mean by that is, really this concept of proximity to failure. So failure, when you lift weights, it means you lift to a point where you physically cannot do another rep with proper form and technique, okay? And and there's a lot of gray area when we talk about failure and what that means because, like, let's use a set of bicep curls as an example. Like, when you do a set of bicep curls and you start to get to the point where your muscles are really burning and it's really hard to keep, you know, curling the dumbbell up uh, and lower it back down under control, what often happens with people is that then you start to use momentum, right? You start to rock back and forth with your body and throw some body English into it to help you get that dumbbell up and then it kind of then just like drops back down and you do that again and you get into this herky-jerky motion when you're curling dumbbells. And that's not what we want. And that would be considered training past the point of failure where you're bringing other muscle groups, you're recruiting other muscle groups to help perform the exercise because you have exhausted that target muscle group to such an extent that it can't perform the exercise anymore. That is not what we're talking about. And so people will go well beyond failure often and train in a way that's just like way too highly fatiguing and and gets outside of the scope of like trying to target a muscle and build it. What I'm talking about is failure as it relates to let's target a muscle. Let's talk about that bicep curl example again. If you get to the point where, you know, you're unable to curl the dumbbell all the way up without starting to use some of that motion and throwing your body into the exercise, like when you get to that point, that means you've hit failure, okay? So we're talking about failure with proper form and technique. Um, And so in order to stimulate muscle growth effectively, you know, if you look at the research, uh, a lot of what we have, have found, a lot of what we know these days is that you should be lifting within one to two to three reps or so of failure. And now it can be really hard to figure out, okay, well, well, how do I know when I'm three reps away from failure? It can be hard to figure that out if you're, you know, not super familiar with lifting weights. So it's something that you got to kind of get into the gym and get familiar with things. And the good thing is if like you're that much of a novice and you're that much of a beginner, just simply picking up weights and starting to strength train is going to help you build a ton of muscle. So uh, you don't necessarily have to be counting how many reps away you are from failure. But the more advanced you get, the more experienced you get, that's probably the better word to use is experienced with strength training, uh, the more your proximity to failure is going to matter when you want to build muscle. So you need to take a really hard look at how intensely you're training. And I mean that for every set, okay? So I mean that for every one of your sets is that you need to be training within 
that many reps of failure in order to properly stimulate muscle growth uh, in your body and for the muscle growth muscle groups that you want to grow. Um, and so a way that I do this with my clients is I often use this concept of reps in reserve or it's shortened to RIR. And that means exactly what it sounds like. How many reps are you leaving in the tank? How many reps are left in reserve uh, at the end of a set? And so typically what I'll do is for clients that want to build muscle, you know, we'll start a training block and we'll start it around three RIR. So I'll say, hey, I want you to get into the gym. We're going to do these exercises. And, you know, for that set of bicep curls, stop when you feel like you got about three reps left in the tank. And then the next week, Okay, I want you to stop when you feel like you got about two reps left in the tank. And then the next week, all right, keep lifting until you feel like you have about one rep left in the tank. And we kind of get into this situation where you're just trying to beat your logbook week after week after week, which you know is is tailored toward a concept called progressive overload, which you may have heard before, which is just like progressively doing more and more work for those muscle groups in the gym. So that's you know a very basic way that that I structure things with clients sometimes, um, but uh, the 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 concept remains the same. You need to be training intensely. You need to be probably focusing on your proximity to failure with proper form and technique because if you're lifting to that proximity to failure to three or two or one rep left in the tank, you're definitely going to be creating a stimulus that would cause your body to build muscle for that muscle group. And if you're training that intensely, then that means you should probably be monitoring the amount of training volume that you're using, which leads us to point number two, which is you should manage your training volume. What is training volume though? Let's talk about that first. Training volume is the overall um, totality of work that you're doing in the gym. So all of the sets that you're doing for each muscle group. Um, and obviously within all of those sets, you're doing individual reps uh, and you're lifting a specific amount of weight for each exercise. So it's like all that stuff put together. And no, you don't need to like learn the quadratic equation to figure out how to total up your training volume. We can make it very, very simple uh, by saying, I want you to think about how many sets you're doing for each one of your muscle groups, okay? And especially the muscle groups that you're trying to grow. I think most people like wanna grow everything, uh, but maybe you only wanna grow your biceps or you know, maybe you're really focused on your glutes or something like that, whatever the case may be. If you have muscle groups that you're trying to grow, you should be at least aware of how many sets you're doing for each one of those muscle groups. Um, and again, if we look to the research to help guide how you structure this for yourself, uh, generally speaking, most people who want to build muscle should probably be doing somewhere between 10 to 20 sets for each muscle group that you want to grow. And now remember, those need to be hard sets, okay? Not just like Okay, I can lift his weight and oh, I did a set. I could, yeah, sure, I could have done eight more reps, but I did a set and Chris said I need to be doing this many sets, so I'm gonna do that many sets. No, they need to be hard sets where you're still getting to that intensity level that we just talked about. But for most people, if you're doing somewhere between 10 to 20 hard sets, you're gonna be giving your body really uh, you know, an adequate amount of volume to then build muscle as well because you need that intensity uh, with, with the proximity to failure that we talked about, but you also need a certain amount of work. Uh, so what I would encourage you to do is you know, if you are uh, a bit more of like a novice uh, or a beginner with strength training, start 
around 10 sets and then over time try to add sets to those muscle groups so that you can slowly and incrementally work your way up in that 10 to 20 range. Uh, if you're you know, relatively consistent with strength training right now, uh, maybe you try to be more in the middle of that range. And then if you're a more advanced lifter, you could probably be towards the 20 sets per muscle group. And, and honestly, the more advanced you get in your lifting career uh, tends to be the case that like you, you might need to do more and more work to make a muscle continue to grow because I mean, it's just the fact of the matter is like with fitness, the more consistent you are with it and the more progress you make, making progress just gets harder, which kind of sucks, but it's like also part of the fun because you need to find new and creative ways to continue to keep making progress and move the needle in the right direction. So that's just a, a matter of fact, but 10 to 20 hard sets per week is typically the range that you want to be in. Uh, and if you're doing that and each of those sets are legitimately hard and you're getting to that proximity to failure, then we're doing enough in the gym to stimulate muscle growth. And then we can think about, okay, well, what do we do outside of the gym to make sure that that recovery and muscle growth is actually able to happen? And so let's address your diet because while the stimulus is important and you absolutely need it, uh, if you give your body that stimulus, but then you don't provide it with the resources it needs to recover and adapt and grow, you're just not going to build muscle. <laughs> so these things all have to work in concert with each other. And uh, your diet is obviously a huge factor. So uh, when I say you need to be giving your body the resources it needs to actually be able to recover and adapt and grow, I'm primarily thinking first and foremost about two specific items. And the first would be calories, okay? You most likely should be or should want to be in a slight calorie surplus. That just tends to be the place that most efficiently promotes muscle growth, okay? Uh, and, and that's because if you think about what a calorie surplus is, at its core, it means you're in a surplus. So you're giving your body more calories than it needs to maintain your body weight, to maintain all of the daily functions that happen in your body. So what happens to those extra calories? Well, if you're doing nothing, if you're not exercising, you're just laying on the couch, you're gonna store all of those extra calories as body fat. And that's how excess body fat happens. That's how weight gain occurs. Um, and honestly, if you're in a calorie surplus, you probably will put on a little bit of body fat throughout this process. But your body is also going to be able to utilize a lot of those extra calories to help it build the muscle that you're trying to grow. Uh, so that's why a calorie surplus is so important. That's why it tends to be the most efficient way to build muscle is because you're just giving your body extra resources for it to utilize. And then as part of that calorie surplus, having enough protein in your diet is the second key cog that I think we should focus on. And uh, I've mentioned this a lot on the podcast before, but I kind of structure the, the protein uh, topic a bit different than most people. Most people will say eat one gram of protein per pound of your body weight or per pound of your goal body weight. Um, for, for my preference, it's to actually tweak that a little bit. And I have my clients try to eat one gram of protein uh, per centimeter of their height, okay? And so 
an easy way to do that is just figure out what your height is in inches uh, if you're here in the United States and then go to Google and type in inches to centimeters and it'll tell you how many centimeters that is. Um, so like for me, for example, I think I'm like 182 centimeters tall. And so my protein goal is on a daily basis between 180 and 190 grams of protein. Super simple, gives my body everything it needs. The reason I like the centimeters and height uh, for, for your grams of protein is just because it applies better to everybody across like all populations and sizes of, of individuals. Um, because if you're trying to build muscle and you're already overweight, um, do you need to be eating 250 grams of protein to build muscle? Probably not. That's probably overkill. And if you could allocate calories, if you could, if you could reduce that, to say 200 and then take those calories that were once allocated to protein, but reallocate them to carbohydrates and fats. The carbohydrates and fats could fuel your training performance better, which could lead to a better stimulus in the gym and could lead to more muscle growth over time. So there's like a, a trickle down effect there where I think like there is a point where like you can eat as much protein as you want, but it tends to be overkill at a certain point and like actually maybe could negatively impact your ability to build muscle because you're not giving yourself the 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 cal the, excuse me the carbohydrates and the fats that could fuel training performance to actually lead to more muscle growth. So I like to use I'll say it again, take your height in centimeters and then whatever that number is, eat that many grams of protein every day. Combine that with a slight calorie surplus. And let me emphasize slight because I didn't really dig into that when I first mentioned it, but like slight calorie surplus. Okay, 10 to 15% calorie wise more than your maintenance is all you need. If you go higher than that, you're probably going to just run into a situation where you're just putting on more and more excess body fat. It's not going to lead to more calories. Doesn't lead to more muscle. That's not, it's not a one-to-one -one relationship. Okay. Uh, and then if you're growing like less than 10%, it's just going to be hard to know that you're giving your body enough and like track that progress to, to, to be confident that you're building muscle or that your body's gaining weight. And if you're gaining weight, you're gaining muscle tissue. Like if it's less than 10%, it just becomes hard to track that. So I like somewhere in the range of 10 to 15% above your maintenance uh, for your calorie surplus. If you're doing those things, uh, you're going to be in a really good position to build muscle at when it's combined with all the things we talked about that you need to do in the gym anyway. And you know, as part of that calorie surplus, just make sure that you're eating as many whole nutritious foods as you possibly can. We obviously don't want to be, uh, you know, making that calorie surplus full of pop tarts and pizza. <laughs> can you do it that way? Sure. Are you going to get the best possible results for your body composition? No. Uh, so lots of fruits, lots of veggies, uh, lots of whole grains, quality protein sources from animal protein and whatnot. That's going to get you the best possible results. Okay. And the fourth tip for today's episode is talking about your lifestyle factors. Okay. So, um, Training intensity, very important. Training volume, very important. Your diet, calorie surplus, protein, very important. Those things that we've already talked about are going to help you with the majority of the progress that you can make or that you will make. Uh, but we can't ignore a lot of the things that just happen in daily life that can impact the progress that you're making. Uh, and it, and it, it's a lot of lifestyle stuff. So sleep is imperative 
to building muscle. If you really want to do it the right way, um, you know, if you think about just when a lot of your body's recovery happens, it's when you're sleeping. So if you're not getting enough sleep at night, you're not going to be putting your body in a position to recover effectively and efficiently, which means you're not going to build muscle effectively and efficiently. Uh, most people need somewhere between seven to nine hours a night. And I say that as a dad who right now has three kids under the age of four, and I cannot tell you the last time I got an eight-hour night of sleep, like eight hours straight. It's been years. <laughs> so I know that's not feasible for everybody, but do the best you possibly can, okay? And set yourself up for good sleep. You know, go to bed at the same time every night. Wake up at the same time every morning so that your circadian rhythm is like not totally out of whack. Uh, try to limit the amount of screen time you have before bed. Try to eliminate just the amount of like social media you consume or news that you watch, things that could get you all riled up and stressed. Eliminate that, you know, maybe read a book instead. Do something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it just the proper sleep hygiene is going to be really, really important. Uh, have the room be completely dark. Uh, have the temperature in your room not be not too hot and not too cold. There's a lot of things you can do with sleep to promote good sleep. You just got to make sure that you're doing it, okay? Uh, I mentioned stress. Stress is a big one too. Uh, stress can get in the way of you building muscle. Stress is inherently catabolic. And you, listening to this episode, you want to be anabolic. You want to be building muscle. Uh, overall, stress levels can really negatively impact that. So obviously, managing stress is easier said than done because if something stressful comes up at work, it came up at work. There's nothing you could do about it. If something stressful happens with the family, if somebody gets sick or something like that, it happened. There's nothing you could do about that. But like, managing the things that you can and controlling the things that you can control from a stress perspective uh, is important to do. Uh, rest outside of sleep is also important. Now, what does that mean? Well, you shouldn't be training every day. You should be giving your body at least two to three rest days a week so that you can go really, really hard in the gym and then go really, really restful when you're not in the gym and give your body a chance to recover. Uh, and that doesn't mean you need to lay on the couch all day for two or three days. You can still do low intensity activity like going for a walk or a leisurely jog or a leisurely bike ride or something like that. Um, but have low intensity days mixed in with your high intensity days. This whole muscle building thing is not all about go hard or go home. It, it always has. That's always been the narrative for so long because that's the sexy thing that people like to read about and watch and see. But in reality, like even the most uh, high level bodybuilders that you can find with the most muscle mass uh, imaginable, what you'll find is that their training in the gym looks awesome, intense, really crazy, impressive, but their life outside of the time that they are in the gym is unbelievably routine and it is unbelievably boring and it is like not that interesting. They, they do a lot of the same things every day where like they're not going out and partying and drinking alcohol and ruining their sleep and, uh, you know, stressed all the time. No, they're like, sleeping nine hours a night. They're also taking naps during the day. They're eating the same meals at the same time. It's all very regimented and, uh, you know, routine and, and purposeful. So I say all that to say, like, it's not about how crazy you can make this process. It's actually about how effective you can make this process. Yes, you want to be in the gym doing those hard things, but there's so much that happens outside of the gym that's not interesting at all. It's actually quite boring and 
to most people would, would look unimpressive to see you going to bed on time or eating the right meal. But those are the things that really, really contribute to a lot of progress. So I hope that helps. I hope this episode helped. I hope you can build a ton of muscle in 2024. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I'll just reiterate what I said at the beginning of the podcast. Today is January 3rd. You got one week to get your application in. That link is in the show notes to apply for one-on-one online fitness coaching. You can get a discount of 50% off your first month of coaching. Make sure you mention the podcast when you apply so I know where you're coming from. Um, And uh, yeah, I hope to hear from you. Look forward to uh, talking about what your goals are and, and what we might be able to put together for you in terms of a program uh, to move the needle in the right direction and help you make some of that progress that actually sticks. 2024 can be that year. Let's make it happen. So, uh, all right. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to talking to you in the next episode, but until then, have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.